Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Use me. I'm imperfect. But Father, this morning, I'm ready. Use me in Jesus' precious name. Amen? Come on, somebody. All right, well. I mean, we're going to dig in and, and dive in. If you love the word, we're going to dive in here in a minute. Uh, you can uh, turn to First Kings, but I want to introduce myself a little bit. I, uh, I got a wonderful family that backs me up, and, and that's my crew. Um, I don't have uh, photos of them, but I've been, last weekend, I celebrated 16 years married with my beautiful wife. Oddly enough, we celebrate 21 years together on the same weekend, so it's kind of fun. And uh, she puts up with me, y'all. I'm not easy. I'm not. It's good. She's, uh, I know a lot of people say this, but my wife is so amazing. She is uh, a tremendous woman. Uh, she's a better leader than she would ever know. She is an incredible mom. Um, and, uh, man, she lets me do what, what I get called to do. And uh, she is phenomenal. And I got two kids. I got a 13-year-old. She just turned it last weekend. So last weekend uh, was uh, a blessing in my house. And uh, not as good a blessing for my wallet, but it's okay. It's all good. And so, but she turned 13 last week, and my daughter is absolutely incredible, too. Uh, I know people are like, oh, 13, watch out. I'm like, girl, look, that girl wakes up at 5 a.m., does her Devo, studies, does her work, gets straight A's, takes after my wife. My wife was a principal ballerina, and so she takes after my wife. She was in Nutcracker this year alongside us at Miami City Ballet. Um, and she actually uh, had the start of a new ballet that started yesterday. And so she is hanging out and doing all kinds of great stuff. So yesterday we were there. And then I got my, my almost eight-year-old little guy. And uh, Judah David is his name. And uh, to praise the beloved is what his name means. And uh, he, is, he is an amazing kid. Um, and he uh, looks like me and she looks like my wife. Praise God. And so um, it works, um, but it, it is good. And by the way, Pastor, you said something about your hair. And man, don't, don't change something. It's not broken. Come on, man. You worked that hard to look this good. Come on, somebody. It's fine. And gray is wise. For men and women, don't go there. You know what I'm saying? It's good. Uh, ladies, be you. Um, but today we're going to chat. Um, and before we do, I, I kind of want to share a story. Because um, Pastor uh, George uh, asked me to speak some, some weeks back. And uh, I was like, man, I'd love to come in. And as soon as he asked me, the Lord dropped a passage of scripture. And it reminded me of, of something that happened in my life. And so when I was seven years old, the same age as my son, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And so grew up right in the city. Uh, from my house, you could see the three rivers. You could see the stadiums. It was kind of, it was just, uh, it, was not a, it was not a nice house, but it was, a, it was good because we had a good view. That was nice. Um, the house was actually just sold for $4,000, if that gives you any understanding of what I grew up in. But it's a little different. But I remember being, uh, yeah, in this market too, 4000 So um, all that being said. <laughs> so, but I remember being seven years old and up north, there are incredible, now I know down in Florida, there's incredible storms and rain and all that kind of stuff, right? And we get hurricanes and all that kind of stuff. But up north, there are absolutely amazing storms, like lightning storms that are crazy. And so I remember being seven and uh, my dad and I were home and I used to be fascinated with watching it. And uh, it started to look a little different outside. And uh, it didn't seem like much at the time. And because uh, I was outside playing, but you could sense in the atmosphere that something was changing. And uh, 
I was like, huh, and the wind started to blow. And so I had gone inside, it started to rain a little bit. And then it started to storm. And I remember being young and I just was standing at the front door. We lived on a big hill and uh, we had an aluminum, like aluminum, like a metal front door. And, and I'm standing there looking at through the screen and the storm is crazy, lightning everywhere. And my dad comes over a couple hours into the storm, puts his hand on the door and looks out and says, well, it looks like it's about to end. And as soon as he said it, lightning came down and struck my front door that he had his hand on. And it blew him back 30 feet into our house. He's up against the TV console. Back then, it wasn't on the wall, right? And so the thing was about as big as a Volkswagen. You know what I'm saying? And so he, he kind of laying up against it, and he's standing there. It sounded like he was speaking in tongues. He was like, and so he, he, but he, he just was, I mean, he was, and I'm seven, right? My dog, Nico, walks under his legs, hair stood up. It was crazy. And I remember thinking two things. This is a true story. I remember thinking, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I also remember thinking that storm has power. Now, fast forward, my dad's okay, right? It knocked out the power, but I did call the, uh, went to a neighbor's house, called 911. They came, took care of my dad. It It wound up being okay. Uh, he still has got residual effects. If he walks by a TV, he turns it on. You know what I'm saying? But he's all right. But uh, I remember thinking the power of a storm. I don't know about you. But why do we look at all storms in fear? See a storm on the horizon. People don't come to church. It starts to rain a little bit outside. They kind of back up a little bit, you know. It's in there. We look at storm, we're like, oh, no, there's power in the storm. And it reminded me of a passage of Scripture out of 1 Kings 18. And I'm going to read it. And if you want to follow along with me, that's great. Uh, If you don't, I judge you a little. That's fine. It's good. (laughs) I'm joking. Not really. Um, And then, can I have fun with you all? Can I just be like uncle? I don't know how it is. Look. I've been doing this too long to fake being a, a, something I'm not. I'm just a, I, I am a, a guy who loves his wife, loves his kids, loves the church, sees the imperfections in it, wants to help change it, and just wants people to see Jesus. I did not grow up in the church. I am really 5'4". I'm really this small, right? And so it's a thing, right? I get it. You know, I get climbing up into a tree trying to see Jesus, you know, and I also get Napoleon, you know, all the things. And so, but I don't know, I'm just going to be real with you today because I believe that there's power in that. I'm going to do me. And so I'm going to go ahead and preach. And uh, if it speaks to your heart, I pray that it does. Um, And if I say anything that steps on your toes, um, call Pastor George. Um, And so. But we'll be good. 1 Kings 18, 41 through 42. I believe that the word wants to speak to your heart today. And then Elijah said to Ahab. Now, if you're new to church, you're like, who's Elijah? And why is it, what, what, what was wrong with the parents that named this dude Ahab, right? And so Elijah was a prophet. If you watch VeggieTales, Elijah was a prophet. Now, anyway, um, he's a prophet. And three and a half years prior to this moment, There was some rebellion and some craziness going on. And he gave a word 
of a drought. He said, not until I speak it will any rain come. Will any rain come? Not until I speak it. And then immediately he went into hiding. Right? Wouldn't you? Right? You just made everybody angry. and You just took everything from them. He went into hiding. God had him go into hiding. You know what? In the moment of that, God actually provided for Elijah. When you honor God, even when he tells you to do something that is challenging, he absolutely will provide for you in the middle of something. And so oftentimes he's going to provide for you in ways that, are, that seem weird. The, he, he, he had ravens come and drop off stuff to him in, in this brook. These dirty, nasty birds, like he had ravens come. And then he took him to a widow's house. And the widow provided for him. Sometimes God will bring you to someone that has less than you in order for you to see all you do have. And so that's a good part. So this is where we're getting it in 1 Kings 18, 41 to 42. It says, go get something to eat and drink for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees, some weird yoga prayer thing. I'm not sure exactly what he was doing, but he went and, and uh, can I just share this, this, this first point with you real quick? You need to hear it before you see it. You need to hear God's word sometimes before you see it in action in your life. You need to hear who you are before you see it come to pass in your life. You need to hear from God that he wants to restore your heart, that he wants to renew your mind, that he wants to do and break off generational curses in your life. You need to hear it sometimes before you see it. Isn't it hard? Isn't it hard? Can I tell you up until about two years ago, I lived my life trying to prove to my elementary school principal that I was worth something. That woman died 10 years ago. But when I was in seventh grade, she told me I would never amount to anything. She said, you're just going to be like your mother and your father. See, my mother battled depression and bipolar disorder. And she happened to have, unfortunately, because of that, she wound up dealing with uh, uh, medication. She, she really got uh, addicted to prescription medications. My father, back in the, the day, was an extremely abusive man. He's now not. He's a wonderful man. He lives in Pinellas Park. And he's just an incredible dad. But I grew up in that house. And this lady spoke into me. Anyone ever speak into you that currently dictates who you are now? Just me. Come on, I thought you all were real. Anyone ever speak something into you that currently dictates how you talk to your wife? How you run your business? The deals you do or don't do? The bids you go after and the bids you don't? I get the privilege of running two companies. 483 employees. I was talking to our operations team last week. And one of our accounts wanted us to write a letter stating that the reason why we moved an employee was because 
we gave her a different position in the company. Well, that is not what happened. And I was not willing to write that note, that letter to the, to the, to the board. I'm not, just because you made poor decisions doesn't mean I have to start, right? And so I, I'm, I'm, you have to take a stand on some things. But I would, probably two years ago, I would have been like, well, we can't lose that account. You know, we don't want to, what are we going to do? Right? What do you, what speaks into you? And so about two years ago, I got set free of that junk. And today, I believe that some of you are about to get set free of some junk. And so Elijah said, Ahab, go eat and drink. And so he went. I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. Then 1 Kings 18, 42-46, it said, So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. And he said to his servant, Go and look out towards the sea. And the servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah. By the way, this is the same dude that just a little bit earlier in 1 Kings 18 killed almost a 1,000 false prophets. You want to give that guy bad news? Right? That's crazy. Like, it's like, it, it's, like, it's like telling the pastor it's snowing somewhere, you know, on Sunday. Or, or it's raining or something, you know. It's like, man, there's a hurricane coming. You're like, come on. It's like all bad weather happens on Sundays, you know. And so, but the servant went and looked and, and returned to life and said, I don't see anything. Wait a second. Didn't, it, didn't Elijah just hear it? I hear the sound of, of a mighty rainstorm. And the servant said, I, I, don't, I don't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I, I saw a little cloud. Like, a, maybe. Like, I, I saw a little, little cloud. Size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Elijah sound. Hurry to Ahab. And tell him to climb into your chariot and go back home. And if you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm. And Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. And the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Can you imagine this? He tucked it in. He's like, like he's out. Like, he's in. He's like, I get it. He gave him some, like, supernatural, like, runner strength. It was crazy. And he beat his chariot to this place where he told him to go. Could you, just for a moment, go with me to this place where Elijah is. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. My friends, you need to hear it before you see it. He told his servant to go and look for the rain. What have you been wanting God to do for you? What have you been wanting God to do for this church? What have you been wanting God to do for your spiritual life? What, do you, what have you been, been wanting God to do in your physical life? Because I feel there's a rainstorm coming. I feel there's a rainstorm coming. But it didn't happen immediately. He told his servant, that, by the way, there's, I'm going to get into this here in a minute. He told his servant, 
You go. You go. And he went. I don't see it. Could you imagine the servant? He went. And he went again. And he went again. And he went again. You got to understand faith comes by hearing. Right? So Elijah had faith because he knew that he heard something. And he knew to send his servant to this. And I want to tell you that some of you have been in the process with God in your life for something, an area. This church has been in a process to reach people that no one is reaching in Apopka, Florida. By the way, you have an absolutely beautiful city, by the way. Absolutely beautiful. I was driving around a little bit today. Just I woke up at, at 5 this morning. Uh, the blessing of, of uh, getting the privilege of assisting and running two businesses is that I, I run two businesses. And we are 24-hour operation, and when there's stuff going on, I'm the guy that call. And so uh, at 5 this morning, I was getting phone calls because somehow adults need to be woken up. And so, <laughs> Lord, don't be, let's just, this is a side note, don't be that adult. <laughs> or at least don't be on my staff. <clears throat> and so, um, but I woke up this morning and, and got ready. And was able to, to listen. Man, it doesn't always look like it's supposed to. It doesn't always look like it's supposed to. How did he get to that place? But he's sending his servant. It, doesn't, it didn't happen right away. And what I felt the Lord tell me to tell you today is there's a process to his promise. There's a process to his promise for you. Don't, go, don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in the middle of waiting on God. Because your waiting on God is exactly what he's doing to get you where you need to be to receive what he wants you to receive. God, why am I not getting that promotion? Is your assignment done where you are yet? Right? Who does God have you? I was talking to, I get the privilege of, of being a, uh, a part of uh, the fire department down in uh, Palm Beach County and uh, Palm Beach Gardens. And so I, I uh, have the privilege of being their chaplain and helping oversee the emergency action plan for uh, the departments. Um, and so I was talking to a captain. Uh, well, she, uh, she's a lieutenant. She was taking the captain's thing. And uh, she's, like, she's like, chaplain, what, what am I doing wrong? And I was like, I don't know. Like, are you smart enough to do it? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I hope you understand where you're at. I don't know. Are you passing? She's like, yeah, but just, I keep getting passed over. She's like, is it because I'm a, I'm a female? No. I know your department. What better than that? I know, you, I know that there's, there's battalion chiefs that are women. It's had nothing to do with that. And I just looked at her, and I felt like the Lord said, you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Because the position that she would go would transition her off the rig that she's currently on. There's some things in your life that you're currently doing that God isn't yet ready for you to stop and move on from yet. And so he's in the process and you're like, man, but I've been praying for this for so long. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. But there's a process to his promise. And I know that it can be painful in the middle of that. I don't see it yet, God. You promised me it. You promised me that you would heal me. You promised me that you would restore me. You promised me that we would be a church that, that reaches people in our local community and beyond. But I don't see it where I thought yet. But you're doing it. You're doing it. 
and you, as long as you stay faithful, Elijah stayed in a posture of prayer when the promise didn't yet happen. He never got up. He stayed in his prayer posture. And he's like, go again. Go back. Can I get the church to say something today? I see something. Can you say that? I need you to say it. Say, I see something. I see something. You have to see it in the spirit before it comes in the natural. See, my father thought the storm was calming down. He didn't see the lightning until it hit the door. Have you ever had a moment in your life that God did show up? And you look at it now and you can see the process that unfolded. And now, but you can only see it now from this angle. And you were like, oh, I remember when. The Lord put me in nursing school. I wind up going to nursing school. Why did I go to nursing school? I don't know. But I went to nursing school. I got a thing. I, I had transitioned from the fire department because I was a, uh, in the fire service in Pittsburgh. And then had some heart problems that took me out. And, uh, and I was like, man, that stinks, you know. That was what I wanted to do my entire life because I grew up in a home that was completely chaotic. And the only uh, solace that I had is when I heard the federal queue coming down the road because I knew Engine 35 was going to help me when I watched my mom try to take her life over 20 times. And I wanted to be there for someone else because I knew that I could help someone. And so they took me out, and I was like, God, why? Why did you have me do this? Why did you let me get through? What is your plan for me? I can't see it right now. And in the nine months that the fire department was trying to figure out what to do with me, I wound up giving my life to Jesus. I met a teacher at a school, and she was like, hey, I'm going to start. You know, we just became friends, and she kept inviting me to church. I didn't want nothing to do with her in her church. I didn't want anything to do with organized religion or faith. Can I just be super transparent with you? At 10 years old, I was born and raised in the Catholic faith, so we, we were like super, uh, super connected with there. We went Christmas and Easter stuff, you know what I mean? Like, I, I went to Catholic school, but we really only went a couple of days, and sometimes we would go and grab a bulletin and bring it home to my mom, because they never went. But she would force us to go, and then we'd go get the bulletin, hang out for a little bit at the park, and then drive, walk home. That's the reality of it. But I was in when I was 10 years old. One of the priests decided to make a really poor decision. On my behalf, when I was laid up in a hospital bed, I wanted nothing to do with organized religion or faith in Christ. Because if God was real, he absolutely wouldn't have let that happen. You ever been there in your life? Come on, we're going to be real today. We're going to be really real. And so, I want nothing. Angela, this is a girl, I don't want anything to do with your church. Kept asking me, persistently. You, uh, if you've been asking someone in your life to come to church for a long time, please continue. Do not give up on them. Don't give up on your neighbor who says no. Don't give up on your family member that says, I want nothing to do with your God, with your religion. Because I get the privilege of standing here today because someone didn't give up on me. Come on. So I told her, like every good pastor and leader and you know, I said, if I go once, you need to shut up and never ask me again. And I went to Northway Christian Community outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I went and Bob Zonts was there. Comes in, nice church, good guy. 
comes in with his name tag on. For some reason, every church has name tags. I don't understand. But he comes in, he has it, and he's like, hi, my name is Bob. You look new. And I'm like, Bob, I'm not your guy. I'm here to shut her up. I'm not your guy. I'm not giving you my money. I'm not serving in this place. I'm here for one service and one service alone. So I'm not your guy. Go find someone else. Some of you greeters are like, well, I haven't had that yet, you know. <laughs> I'm a hard guy, man. You got to win me over. So I was in that service and something was different. Something different about this house. I stayed for six months. There's going to be some people around you, Remnant Christian Center, as you continue to grow in Christ. As you continue to reach your community, they're going to be around you and they don't believe what you believe yet. I had to work out my junk with Jesus first. And six months in, St. Patty's Day weekend, 2020, eh, no, 2000 or 2001, St. Patty's Day weekend. Right in the middle of worship, I fell to my knees and I wept for 45 minutes. No one gave me an altar call. And I felt love like I've never felt ever before in my life. God can do in a moment because some people just say, welcome back. Welcome home. You're welcomed here. The church needs in this hour needs to be the hope of the world. I don't know if you've looked at some stuff recently. If you've ever turned on the news or your social media feed, people have lost their ever-loving mind around the world. Nothing is true. Nothing is real. The word of God will last forever. It is the same. It hasn't changed. He still loves them. Well, I don't believe in him. He still loves you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change the fact that he loves you. I hate him. It doesn't change the fact that God gave his only son to die on a cross so that you could be saved. It doesn't change that. And by the way, it also doesn't change the fact that I want to be here for you. I get the privilege of being a chaplain. I said that a minute ago. I do my best to be around. Look, I'm confident in my faith at this point in my life. I had the privilege of pastoring pastors and walking alongside of pastors from Las Vegas to Jacksonville and everywhere else in between, literally. I really do, and it's an honor and a privilege to do it. I have helped uh, serve on some incredible churches, the largest church in America um, and probably, no doubt, the most influential church in the world. If you're currently looking on your phone at the Bible, you're a part of the church that, that I was a part of for six and a half years. Okay? And so... Um, I've seen some really good things. But the church is the hope of the world. It's meant to be. You are, an ex- you are the church. Well, I'm just coming and hanging out on Sunday. No, no, no. The, day, the moment you leave here is the moment that you are actually engaged to do the work of ministry that God's called you to do. While you're here, you're just helping facilitate the excitement that is a celebration of Jesus and in heaven. I don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. I, I, I do my best to be around people who do not believe what I believe so that I can impact them. Now, how many times I get, what? I, 
You're, you're a lot different than any pastor that I've ever met. I'm not out drinking with them. I'm not out smoking with them. I'm not out doing anything crazy with them. But I'm different. Because when I ask people, how are you? I actually stand and I listen. That includes the, the lady at Publix. And, I'm, she's, and I, by the way, I, I don't go through the other lines that, that I could swipe at myself. Don't do that. Don't go to Target and go to that line. Number one, we need people to work. Number that's right, and you gotta you gotta help that. And so we need to. But then we get to interact with somebody because you have no idea what Jim, who's being your cashier, is going through in his life. And I'm like, Jim, how are you doing today? I'm good. No, for real. Like, how you doing? Oh, no one will listen to me anyway. No, I will. How you doing? Actually, it's been a hard morning. You ever had that? Churches are always like, how do we reach people? Care about them. They, I don't know enough scripture. Don't worry about it. God came, God sent his son to love the world. He loves them. We as the church get to show them the love and in the process of showing them that love, which by the way, out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if the word is in you, the word will come out of you. It just may not have 1 Kings 18 in the process. I understand that you're looking for something right now. I can promise you that it's coming. You're speaking scripture to somebody's life. And so, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off on tangents, but you, can you guys, are you, is this helping anybody right now? Come on, is this helping anybody? Come on, don't. I want to be asked back, you know what I'm saying? So there's a purpose to his promise. I'm certain that after a few different times, the servant was like, this guy's lost his mind. Pastor George, you, look, over the years, people have probably looked at you like, man, he's lost his mind. He has this vision. He has this purpose. He has this plan. He has this thing. He has this, you know, he, he wants to grow. He's continuously praying. This guy's praying all the time. And you pray more when you have pain in your life. Come on. You need a little tension in your life to make you, we, sometimes we get so comfortable. And I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but the reality is we get, we get very used to the dusty sand that we become fearful of the darkened sky. I'll just stay in my drought. I'll just stay in my drought. I am more comfortable. I've gotten used to it. God doesn't want you used to your drought. He's not trying to get you out of the drought. He's trying to get the drought out of you. He's trying to get you to a different spot so that you can walk in faith and hope and love and walk because the goodness of God is deep inside of who you are. He loves you and he cares for you and he sees you for who you are and he sees you in your insecurities and he sees you when you think, I'm just a mom. I thought my life was going to be more than this, just a mom. You've got to be kidding me. Moms have the hardest job on the planet. You might as well say CEO of a, of a multi-organizational, you know, like, I mean, it's just insane. You not only know how to organize an absolute army and get them to church on time, but you yourself are able to get you together. And you know how to anoint a Barbie doll's head. Like, it's insane. Like, there's all kinds. Of, you, you need something accomplished, ask a mom how to do it. You need something organized, ask a mom how to do it. 
You need, you, you, you need a prayer warrior? Ask a mom. Not just a mom. I'm just a recovering alcoholic. You are absolutely no such thing. You are recovered and redeemed by the blood of the Lord. And you're going to be able to see someone that walks through these doors, these beautiful doors of this beautiful church. And you're going to see, you're going to spot it. You're going to see it in them. They didn't say anything, but you see it in them. Because when you've gone through something, you can see, I can spot a failed marriage a, a, a thousand miles away. Because in 2011, I was away from my wife for eight and a half months thinking that my wife was going to be uh, just completely get rid of me for stupid decisions that I made. I can spot it. I can tell you. People are like, oh, my marriage is good. No, it isn't. But I got you. And I'm going I'm to call you. You're going to put your hand around someone that's gone through the addiction that you went through. And you're going to say, look, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard, but I got your back. I'm not letting you walk back into that junk that brought you to this place. you got to remember that. And so God brought you through. The determination inside of someone that's gone through something is incredible. I see something. I see something. Mm. Someone may think you're absolutely crazy. I got this idea. I got this thought. I, I want to I wanna do this, man. I, they're nuts. No, they're not. His servant probably seven times. There's a process to it. In those moments, you need to hold on to what you know is about to happen. God, you said. God, you said. We don't ignore facts. They just don't determine our faith. So we're going to sit and understand the fact that, hey, in the natural, something happens. But my God overshadows the natural and overrides the natural because he can create an entire uh, solar system out of nothing. And he's designed you on purpose for a purpose. You're unique. Not a single one of you are the same. Your fingerprint is unique. It's beautiful. It's incredible. Scientists have tried for years to do what our eyes can do in a single blip of a second, and they've not been able to do it. You need to be able to hold on to that. What has the Lord told you? What has the Lord told you to share? Who has the Lord told you to share it with? Elijah, go, go up to the mountain. Go up to the mountain. You, you go. You, you go. I, you go. His servant comes down on the seventh time. I saw a cloud the size of a man's hand right from the sea. My friends, there's significance in the seemingly insignificant. There's significance in the seemingly insignificant. It's just a small cloud. I'm not even sure if it's a cloud. I might have just been crying because I've been rocking through up, up this mountain. It's, I mean, it's dry. Dust is in my eyes. I'm not even sure if it's real. You ever think, man, you're praying for something and you, and you see a little something? And you're like, I'm not even sure if it's real. You, you've been praying for pain to go away in your life. And, and you have a day where you're not feeling some pain. And you're like, maybe I'm not right. I'm not, I'm not claiming it. I'm not saying anything, right? And so we stay in that stuff. Like, I'm not sure if it's real or not yet. I'm, I'm just going to say Oh, man. You're never going to amount to anything in your life. Don't live under the weight of someone else's words on you. You got to know what God says about you. You are, you, you are his. You were created in his image. God loves you. 
Even when we're imperfect, he loves you. And he would do it all over again. I understand that there's sin that separates us from God that doesn't determine the fact that he still loves me. It just separates. So there's a decision that needs to be made. I sat in a church in the middle, in the depth of my sin for six months before I would give my heart over to him. There's some people that are going to walk in here. There's some people in here today. You're walking through something and you're not quite there yet, but you will be. You will be, I promise you. Don't get discouraged. Not every church is out to try to get you. Not every person that speaks good things over you is trying to manipulate you. Some, some woman in here needs to hear that. I'm, I mean, for real. You've had too many bad circumstances and you've, you've sat there and said, you know what, I will never. Don't do that. God wants to bless you with what he wants for you. Don't let someone else's ways determine and dictate. It seems seemingly insignificant. There's significance in it. There's a cloud. Would you be okay, by the way, if you weren't the one who saw it first? Elijah sent his servant. Would you be okay if the thing that you called forth, you didn't see it first? Sometimes someone else has to see your very blessing and something that you spoke into existence before you do. I had to have Colin Allen say, I see something in you. And I'm going, me? I'm just a firefighter from Pittsburgh. I'm just a kid who's never going to amount to anything. I see something in you. I see something in you. I had my wife who sat next to me and she said, you seem different. I'm like, and I, my words to my wife, she was sitting next to me, we were at a Red Lobster, light power was out. Happens all the time, by the way, when storms come, God does stuff. It happens all the time, I'm telling you. She sat next to me, the power was out, had the chance to meet my wife that day, which was really, really cool. And she said, something seems different about you. I said, look, I'm on a journey. I just came to Christ. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't want to mess with you. I don't want to mess you up because I know what I can do. And sometimes it's not good. She stayed on. She hung in there. 21 years later, I get to call that woman my bride. I told you I'm not easy. I know it. Why would Elijah send his servant? I mean, this was the man who just took over. Took out almost a thousand prophets. He just dumped buckets of water on an altar. Mocked the prophets and watched the rain. You know, just, just, it just rained fire down. God just rained fire down from heaven. And took out that altar and the bowl and the sacrifice. I mean, he was bold. He was like slightly arrogant, right? It's like, what's your God? Your God's on a bathroom or something? Like, what you doing? Like, but he's like, I, 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 can't, I can't be this. And here's the deal. Three and a half years of drought, Elijah sent his servant. Sometimes we got to understand that there are potentials that we walk in. And some of you are in the process of seeing it now. Elijah, I believe, was in one of two places and positions here. And I may be wrong. It's not theologically backed. So don't, if it's not what you believe, it's fine. I believe that either Elijah was walking in incredible faith, because faith comes by hearing. Or Elijah was sitting there and thinking, while he was praying, I've seen so much. What if I don't see God come through now? 
What if I don't see it now? What if? What if I don't? What if I pray for something and believe God for something and it doesn't come to pass? I prayed for my mom to be healed. I anointed her with oil. I brought over my best man in my wedding, who's a powerful evangelist. I watched my mom come to Christ 30 days before the Lord took her home. I prayed. What if my prayer looks different? What if his answer looks different? What if he doesn't? I watched my 13-month-old sister. We were Irish twins. <laughs> 31 years of age, battling stage 4B breast cancer. I was on the phone with her when she got diagnosed with that. Three little beautiful babies. And I prayed for her. And we sought God for her. I sat with her in the hospital for 10 days. And the night before she went home to be with Jesus, my wife and I had the chance to pray for her. To receive Christ into her life. What was the miracle? That's right. It didn't look like it was going to look. It didn't look like I wanted it to. It just didn't significant. It's just all, God, I, I, I brought everyone. It was, it was the size of a man's hand, but she is now in heaven with her heavenly father, being able to walk in the, with the, what, what if, what if we didn't do that? What if? I think Elijah's in that moment. Either one of these are good whether he was walking in faith and, or whether he was just nervous that God would in either way. Three and a half years of drought, Elisha sent a servant. Sometimes we can get so comfortable. Don't stay in the dusty sand. Don't stay in this dusty sand in fear of the darkened sky. Don't do it. But what if it's ahead? What if I start this venture and it doesn't happen? At least you did it. What if God's not on it? Did he tell you? God is not schizophrenic. Either he did or he didn't. And it'll be confirmed by people. Right? So trust it. Walk in it. Some of you have been holding on to a dream for so long you haven't spoken it. And it's become dry because you're afraid that maybe it wasn't God, but it hasn't left you yet. God isn't going to burden you with something that he wants you to do. And then go, no, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. He's not going to. You need to get that dream back out and breathe life into it. It may seem insignificant. But what if? Cullen said, I see something in you. Can you do the announcements? I threw up the first time I got on stage and held a microphone in my hand. That's a true story. I was so nervous. Since then, I've had the privilege of watching thousands and thousands and thousands of people around the country come to Christ. It seems insignificant. Sometimes. Have you had moments in the last three and a half years that you felt dry? Have you found yourself in moments connecting with people that used to be a wellspring of life and they're now seemingly depleted? Have, have your last three and a half years have jacked a lot of people up. I don't care what anyone says. Have your current surroundings, have our current surroundings and culture hindered your faith at all? Has it, has it hindered how you view people? 
I don't care if you are a donkey or an elephant. I, I am going to love you. Now, here's the, th- oh, see, they get quiet. Some of you are like, I, look, I'll do anything for love, but I ain't doing that. You know what I mean? Like, start sounding like meatloaf here. You know what I'm saying? I'll do anything for heaven, but I ain't liking them, you know? They want their guns, and then the other people are like, they just, they, they want their masks. You know what I mean? Like, it's all over the place. I'm going to look past the mask. I'm going to look past all the things they want. I'm just saying God wants your heart, right? Do you have your personal beliefs? Yes. Are you allowed to have your personal convictions? Absolutely. Do you need to back them up with scripture and not just what you like? Yes. Don't miss that purpose. Like, I believe this. Does it line up with God? Does it line up with the word? And are you being too crazy in stuff like that that you've missed the fact that God wants to change a world? While the enemy is doing his best in a very short amount of time to completely cause confusion all over the place. I love somebody. There's a, uh, I, a young lady man at the Starbucks that I go to in the mornings. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to address it. But I talk to her every morning. And I call her by her name and, I, and, and whatever's on there, I just call. And you know what? And the other day, I've been, I've been going in and I go in the morning and I do it on purpose because I want to impact people and I want to build relationships with them because I care about them. And, and, and I had the chance to, to talk the other day and I came in and sometimes I'll come in in a suit. Sometimes I'll come in in regular clothes. Sometimes I'll come in in a fire uniform. And sometimes I'll, you know, and she's like, what do you do? <laughs> I was like, that's a great question said, I do everything I want to do and nothing that I don't. And I get the privilege of coming in here and talking to you every single day. And so better question is, now what do you want to do? Who are you? And she starts telling me her story. Be present enough where people ask you some questions about maybe why you're different. I'm, look, I'm just trying to be me. I have no agenda when I'm talking to somebody. I'm not trying to change her gender or his gender. I'm trying to change her heart. I'll let God work out all the other junk. I don't need to tell her she's a sinner. Look, when I sin, I know it. I know it. I do it really good and so do you. You're doing it wrong if you're not. And he loves you too. I want to have that conversation because God's opening the door for conversation. Sometimes you, you're trying to have a conversation before you built the equity to get there. God is trying to get you out of the drought. Do not let the last three years dictate what is about to happen to Remnant Christian Center. Do not let the last three years dictate what you're going to do and how you're going to live your life for the kingdom of God because the days of this world, my friends, are growing strangely dim. And I know this. We are going to walk in the blessings and the healings and the power and the manifestations of the spirit of the living God. Young men will dream dreams. Old men will have visions. The world is going to see a change because the church doesn't change. Flowers wither, grasses, but the word of God. Come on. You know it. 
You're some of you right now, you're on the mountain, you're, you're going up and you're seeing it. And, and here's what I felt the Lord say for Remnant Christian Center because it is on the 50th birthday of your pastor, the year of Jubilee. We talked about it this morning and joked, Lord had to put something great in the middle of Leviticus, you know? And uh, there's about to be some things that are broken off. The number signifies the year of Jubilee with everyone, when everyone in the world dealing with pain at the pump, cultural challenges, changes in taxes, chicken coops catching fire all over the place, billionaires buying up the majority of farmland in the country, and all the other stuff that desires to want to come up. This house, this is the word for you. This house, because of the headship of it, will receive what the year of Jubilee will promise. And I want to tell you, yeah. And if you don't know, in the words, in the words of a good poet, now you know. Listen. No. I was I look, I was I was a thugged out kid from Pittsburgh. Don't go there with me. It's fine. I know I don't look it now. I've refined myself, but I can 99.9% of the time, I'm a great kid. 0.1% of the time, I can light the world on fire in a matter of a second. That's why I do counseling. That's why I have accountability in my life. And that's why I choose to be accountable in accountability for pastors all across the country. Because they can say things to me and I can't fire them, but I love them. No, I love your pastor. I'll tell you that's right now. If I never come back here, I'm going to continue to love your pastor. I'm going to continue to love his family. I'm going to continue to ask him the questions that no one else will ask him because I believe in his calling and his ministry and what he's called to. I promise you that. But here's what the promise is. It signifies economic, cultural, and environmental and communal reset. In the middle of all this junk, you're about to receive economic, cultural, environmental, and communal reset. Well, we can't reach. We're just a Pentecostal church right in the middle of a pop. You're about to do. You're, I'm telling you right now, give it five years. You're not going to be in this building. You're going to be in something different because what God is going to do, there is property all over this place that has your name written all over it. I believe that with everything in me. I went by four properties this morning that I was thinking that could be the great property. That could be a great property. He's about to put it in you. I am not this just name it, claim it person. I'm not that guy, but I can tell you this. The word of God is true. I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're going to do. Our, our, our rent went crazy. It went, went crazy. You're about to receive favor in that area of your life. You're, you're, the things that the enemy is trying to, to get you off of, economic, cultural. No one knows who they are. You will. You will. You will. You know what the problem with po- politics, and I'll just, I'm going to go there. You know what the problem with politics are? They're trying to get them to their side. I'm not trying to get you to my side. I'm trying to help you see heaven. I'm, I have no other gain for that. I want nothing for, I want nothing from you. I want nothing from my neighbors. I just want to love them enough to see Jesus. And I want to be a good enough representation of Christ on this earth. So stop flicking people off in traffic. I was speaking that to me. I'm saying, so, 
significant economic, cultural, environmental reset. The significant and economic, cultural, environmental, and communal reset. When the land and the people rest and all those who are bound are set free to return to their community. That's the year of Jubilee. Have you, been, have you been bound up for three years? Have you been bound up in some areas? Do you know some people that could use a reset in their finances, in their personal life, in their economic area? You're a target looking for some, looking for some baby formula. What God, what God can do in a moment can take away everything. When everyone else around you, people are going to start looking on. But, they, but they're not dealing with that junk. But they're not dealing with that junk. You're right. Because when darkness comes, the light shines bright for people to see. David took out Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. Because of the promise of God through the prophet in 1 Samuel 16. Looked at the other brothers. The prophet came, I'm here to, to say the new king. I'm here to... Well, I'm going to give him your sons. He set everyone up. His, his own father didn't even think that he was significant enough to, to be brought to the prophet. What other people see is irrelevant. Where you are is irrelevant. God will see and position you in right posture in the right moment. He said, nope, that's not the right one. That's not going to be the king. That's not going to be the king. That's not going to be the king. That's going to be the king. That's not going to be the king. Do you have any others? Because we're not eating until you bring me somebody. He said, I got one son, but he's just out tending sheep. You're talking about that guy, the ruddy-faced boy? Yeah, that one, bring him here. And sure enough, that's exactly who was going to be next king. And the reason why he walked in with confidence when he faced Goliath is because he had a word of God that he was going to be the next king, and he wasn't there yet, so nothing that came against him was going to prosper. When you got a word. Remnant Christian Center, I'm preaching way too long. 12.15, man, I'm preaching long. My bad. You have to hear it. You have to hear it before you see it. It's not a surprise to me that the Lord gave me this word specifically for this day. Go to the mountaintop. When you don't see it, go back. When your healing hasn't come yet to its fullness, go back. When everything else has failed, go back. When you feel like you failed as a parent, go back. When the doctors have given up, go back. When the battle ahead seems too big, go back. When the enemy tells you that, the, that a spirit-filled church can't reach community, go back. When you feel like you don't matter, go back. When those around you seem to be uh, where you want to be, don't let it discourage you. Go back. When insecurities of your past show up to tear you down, go back. Go back. I feel like I'm the size of a man's hand. You know what I mean? Seemingly insignificant. In the eyes of many, the devil might have gotten you to think that this is the only way. Do not get used to and grow comfortable with the dusty sand. Because there is a darkened sky. Because I hear the sound of a mighty storm. 
God's promise will produce a different posture for you. Can you lift your hands all over the room? I hope, I'm sorry I, I spoke so long. I, I feel like some of you in here just need to, to say, I, I see it again. I see it again. I, I, I see it. You've heard it. But now you need to see it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And by the way, faith is believing in the unseen. Do not let current cultural facts dictate your spiritual faith. As you lift your hands today, can you just, in your heart, in your mind, can you just say, I see it. I see it in my family. I see it in this secret area of sin in my life that no one even knows about, but rips me apart every day. I see it in my marriage. We will not fake love anymore. We will find a way and work hard at remembering why we fell in love with each other. I see the healing of hearts that have been torn apart by people. I see words that have been spoken over you that are falling off of you. Sentences like, well, that's just the way my family is. That's just my personality. No. I can never be a giver. I, 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 see a heart of generosity. I see a community looking for light and hope in the middle of hurting. And even if we don't have it yet, God wants you to come alongside somebody and see them where they are. see people inviting people all over the place to church I see you wherever you go building relationships with people talking with them standing in line taking time out ticking the people behind you off because you're caring about somebody tick them off but honor God I see this house filled I see blessings I see a new facility. I see a church that will be a beacon of light in Central Florida. I don't care how big other churches are. I want a church on every corner because the world needs a church. The world needs a church. One day I had a drag queen from California, she was a, 
a blogger. He was a blogger. And he didn't like my answer to a question that someone asked me. Because I'm always going to stand on the Word of God because the Word of God is true. And I'm not going to falter on that. If you ask me a question whether something is or is not sin, I'm going to tell you from a biblical perspective. You don't need to like my answer, but it doesn't dictate my love for you and my value for you. But they, they, the individual didn't like my answer, and it was okay, and it got to a blogger out in California. That dude flew to West Palm Beach and showed up at my church on a Sunday morning to ridicule, yell at, scream at, and make me look like a fool in the middle of my service. And all I did was say, man, can I get you a coffee? What? Do you know who I am? I said, I absolutely do. I said, I don't care, care who you are. You want to go to church today? Yeah, I'll go into this hypocritical church. Cool. Will you sit by me and my family, though? Because I want you with me. I want you to sit by me. Oh, you want to keep an eye on me? No. You're just a welcome guest here. Chad, you brought a drag queen to the front row of your church? Yep. Because they wanted me to say something different. That's not who I am. You don't have to like it. I said, look, I get that we're I get that we view things different. And I'm sorry it upsets you. But know this. My God changed me and pulled me out of my junk. Whether you believe it or not, I think he can do it for you. But in the meantime, welcome. Look, you don't need to like it, but sometimes it's just, it's good. If the church is doing their job, they're going to worship with one hand on their wallet and one hand in the air because people around you are going to look a little bit different than you. See, a church that's not going to compromise values. My job is not to argue heaven with people. Your job is not to argue theology with people that don't believe in Christ. Jesus said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And he showed them how to live. Can we be a church that shows people how to live? Can we show people the love of a father? stop being so angry with people that don't believe what you believe we wouldn't do this in any other part of society just because someone's a Tampa Bay Lightning fan and I'm a, I'm a Florida Panthers fan if I meet them I don't hate them I just think they have you know questionable they make questionable decisions in their life it's fine And I get it. It's a big deal. But man, I want to pull people up to heaven. I don't want to beat them down to hell. I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. Some of you have had a heart involved in areas of ministry and you have it because you feel like you're not there yet or you feel like you, you're, you don't have anything to offer 
Stop that. When the rain comes, don't run from it like Elijah did. Receive it. Stay in it. Do not let the fear. I don't know if I can receive it. I don't know if I'm worthy. You're not. He is. I love my kids. As a dad, I correct them when they act up. hug them when they act up too. Every morning for six months over the, since January, my, my son was having a hard time in school. He actually jumped out of our car once and ran home because he would scream and cry and kick and punch because of something that happened to him uh, with a bully in January. Every day I was so fearful that something's going to happen to my boy. I stopped traveling. But when we would act up and I would get him, I'd just hold him. Some of you have a view of God like he wants to hurt you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to hold you. Can we see the world in that? Can we help the world see that? Can we help our kids see that? Can we help our wife see that? Some of you just need to hear this. Your husband just needs you to hold him and just tell him, look, I get it. I'm sorry. I got you. Stop trying to change him. I love you, church. word will come forth with power. Your church will be different. Your life will be different. Your marriage will be different. Bro, I don't know if the Lord will ever take that pain away from you. I don't know. But what I do know is this. This is the year of Jubilee for me. And I'm not going to stop believing for a complete healing in your body. What happens for your house will happen for every house in this church for this house is blessed this house is blessed you need to share it with somebody and even if you don't see it first believe it for someone else I love you in Jesus name Stay with me for a, a couple, just a couple minutes. I'm just, these last few minutes, I was just in tears because so many prophetic things are happening right now that some of you guys don't even know about. This past Tuesday, me and my wife, Joanne Gomez, Joanne Banton, Pastor Keith, we walked, and Bruni, we walked across the street to the building over there, and we 
by faith he said we don't have the money it's about over two million something dollars and it's for sale this is for sale and we just arranged and we just walked the whole property and we kept saying everywhere where we step you're going to give it to us you're going to give it to us and we stepped in in it and it's a big building it's huge big expansion today we're praying and her sister Darlene over there she's just sitting quietly in prayer and she says Pastor George I keep seeing Remnant Christian Center on the block I go what do you mean the block what do you mean the block she goes like the block she's like across the street over here just says I seen the spirit Remnant Christian Center Pastor Chad comes in and says this is the year Jubilee and last night while my wife was sleeping I put the Bible app on the New Living Translation to Leviticus and I paced back and forth you don't know this Leviticus the year Jubilee and I let it play I heard the word of the Lord and while the word of the Lord is playing I put it in my like, like this like this I said I believe I believe I believe I want to say something so significant right now that I believe is for everyone because it's definitely for me this story is always seen from the, the, from the perspective of the servant. He harped on the servant going, right? I don't know. My, my, my prophet saying there's something there. I keep going. It looks like a fool. But have you ever read it from the perspective of the prophet saying, I thought I heard something. And that's what this whole sermon was for me. I felt like the Lord says, you're, you're Elijah. But can you believe inside? Because when we read the Bible, it doesn't say Elijah's emotions. He just says, keep going back. Could you, I, I have this, keep going back. Uh-huh, go back. Lord, when he's not there, Lord, I, I'm going to look like a fool. I looked like a fool last night. Lord, I'm going to look like a fool. And, and, and the servant's not even seeing it. This is how I see it. Lord, are you sure you spoke to me or did I eat some good pizza last night? Because I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. But to me, I try to keep seeing healing from my physical body because it's very agonizing every day of my life. And I keep trying to say to myself, I'm not going to speak doubt. I'm not going to speak doubt. But let's just be real. The first time the Lord, he felt, the Lord said, there's a storm coming. And it's bright as day. Go outside and check again are you sure nothing how about the fourth time i could i could be, i could imagine the fourth time fifth time the servant was like you're just a little old why don't you submit you have some bald head prophet but you know what i, I don't go again to me this word was from the standpoint of watch this can i still believe after the sixth time can i still believe after go again God, I hope he sees something. I hope he sees something. No. Seventh time, he saw something. But I love what he said. It wasn't big. It was small. Look at the size of my hand. A cloud? This size? A cloud. I mean, how can you see that? Here's my, here's what I want to challenge you in. And I feel the Holy Spirit here. This is why I was weeping. What is it? that you once saw and it's not there now 
What is it? And I felt the Lord say, can you see yourself being healed while I'm sitting there? And I closed my eyes and I imagined me being healed. I think that's where it starts. Imagination, your imagination plays in your thought. And I, and I keep seeing it. I keep seeing it. I keep seeing it while he was speaking. I envision myself jumping up and down, leaping up and down, running for the first time in a long time. But what, what about you? I want everyone to stand before we dismiss. I'm not going to make this really long, drawn out, but I just felt I want to release this just as a prayer for you. So what is it that specifically that you've believed and asked God for and have seen nothing over and over and over again? That's a specific thing. This is what I'm going to pray. Some of you, you're my friends. You've just recently texted me and you said to me, I've believed that scripture, but I'm very disappointed. Some of you have texted me because I've believed. I'm disappointed. I know how you feel. I've been disappointed. And there's nowhere in the scripture, Pastor Chad, that says that inside he didn't battle disappointment. Nowhere in there. He probably did. i like, are you kidding me? I'm like, I, I'm a prophet and you still don't see nothing. God, you're going to have to show up. I want to encourage you to, to be like me. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Keep on believing. Keep seeing. Because it may be the seventh time that you're going to see it, the size of a man's hand. And if I could just be very transparent with you, my pain has decreased gradually. And I praise God for that. There's times it's very debilitating, like a knife. But other times, it's like it's not, it's not the knife anymore. It's just more of a, a grinding feeling. But I've learned how to praise God in those moments and keep seeing. There's a cloud the size of a man's hand. And the cloud is coming. And lastly, I will say this. That servant had a lot of thing, bad things spoken about him. But can I say something? The one good thing he did is that even during his doubt about the prophet, he kept going. Many of us would have been like, he's lost his mind. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not running all the way to the mountain anymore just to tell him that I don't see anything. Some of you guys need to keep running. One day, Micah, my brother Micah, he was praying in the prayer time. And he was praying in the spirit this Tuesday. And all of a sudden, when he was praying, he said, pop. He said, pop. And when he said that, I felt that pop meant suddenly there's going to be pops of answered prayer, pops of breakthrough, pops of the cloud coming. Come on, lift your hands. Father, come on, let's receive that. Whatever it is, Lord, as our brother and pastor, Chad, preach, whatever it is that is we don't see yet, but we want saw, but you, we heard it. We heard it in our spirit. We heard that we were supposed to be together. We heard that we were going to be a church that, that loves people. We heard and we prophesied that God was going to use us. We heard and we got prophesied over that God's going to heal us and heal me. And we heard that God's going to bless us financially. But we don't see it yet. But we hear it. Elijah didn't see it, but he heard it. Come on. Do you hear the sound of the abundance of rain? Do you hear it? Now, when you hear it, 
Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Come on, lift up your hands. Lift up your hands right now. Come on, if, we could, if you know this, just proclaim it over our nation and over your life. Jesus. Coming to my life again. Hear the sound of rain coming to my life. Make it personal. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, before we leave this service and have some good food and fellowship with each other, I pray that you give us the ability to see it in the spirit. Whatever it is, just right now, right now, the last 30 seconds before we close, what is it? What is it in that distant future that's deep in your heart? What do you see? Is it financial breakthrough? Is it a healing? Is it a ministry? Is it a marriage that's going to be prosperous in the Lord's eyes? Is it a healthy family? What do you see? Come on, what do you see? What you see in the spirit will manifest in the natural. Father, I bless everyone to endure, not to give up. I pray, Lord God, a spirit of endurance, Lord God, will be in Remnant Christian Center, even in this 50th year of my birthday, Lord God. I speak endurance, Lord God, and patience that will not give up in the midst of the storm. Supernatural endurance to stay standing. Stay standing in the midst of a financial storm, in the midst of a family trial, in the midst of a physical affliction. Having done all things to stand, we will stand. And we will not give up. Come on, say that with me. Say, I will not give up on the promises of God. Two more times. I will not give up on the promises of God. One more time. I will not give up on the promises of God. If you believe that, give the Lord a big shout of praise. Come on. Come on. If you believe that. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It may not be like what you look like, but it's coming. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.